Bud Steelers Nation Radio, live from the UPMC Rudy Sports Complex on the south side of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's Euler Remotes inside the Electric Factory for the next two hours here on Steelers Nation Radio on a Thursday. You know what that means. It's a turn-the-page kind of day. Start looking ahead towards the weekend. That also means we'll have our buddy Brian Backo coming up here in about 15 minutes as well as three-question Thursday before we get out of here. Arthur Motes. We like to start shows on Thursdays looking at the previous day practice report, right? Because Wednesday is kind of the um, the first telling day, if you will, on Correct. the lines of, the, of injuries and, and, and guys' availability and things of that nature. Well, it was a laundry list. <laughs> when you're looking at the Steelers' injury report, the practice report from yesterday, November 20th, uh, I guess good news, Deontay Johnson. We'll start with good news. Full participant. Mm-hmm. still being evaluated for his concussion. Now, that, protocol, that right. doesn't mean that he's been clear. We should point right. that out, right? Because you, you are allowed to practice while you're in the protocol. We Correct. saw that with uh, Mason Rudolph after his concussion that he sustained versus the Baltimore Ravens. Correct. And that's, I think, right part of the process is you have to – Get them out there. Just you have to, to do some type of physical activity to correct. see how you feel the next day. Yes, absolutely. And then, I mean, everybody just focuses the concussion element on the mental aspect of it in terms of – is he coherent? Does he know right. his name? Is he waking up things without headaches? Along, things along yeah. that nature. Is the is he sensitive to the light? Right. But also the cognitive movements as well in terms of understanding your assignments and then the exertion that from a physical standpoint when you get fatigued, is your mind still processing the way it should be processing? Is it being able to go through your checks and balances pre-snap, post-snap as it should and things along that nature? And then, like you said, how does he respond the next day to that? So it's multiple factors that he's going to have to accomplish and go through before he's able to fully be cleared and out of that protocol come Sunday. But uh, we we did have was it uh, Ola Danny? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He, he he's was been a, cleared. He was man. a full. He has been cleared. Yes. Again. So he was a full participant as well. But the difference there, Deontay's still waiting to be cleared, uh, and hopefully today will you know be a positive step forward in that direction, right? Hopefully he woke up today, feels good, no setbacks. Those type of thing. Another full day of practice participation, and, and that would be good news. Ola Denny, as Motsi mentioned, has been cleared and was a full practice participant yesterday. That's great news. Yes, indeed. Uh, particularly considering the thin nature of uh, availability at the outside linebacker yes. position. And just to, like I said, to, to put in that context again for Deontay, remember Mason did practice that whole week. Right. So he can practice the whole week, be a full participant, and still potentially still not, not be, be clear. Clear. So yeah. just understand in terms of gauging the expectations – in terms of his availability come Sunday, it's a lot that plays into that. But Brandon Cooks has done that same thing. For yes, Brandon, he's practiced for three weeks and, and was still has just. A, yeah. I think what well, I think he was recently, just, yeah, maybe recently. yesterday was mm-hmm. just. But he was it was he practiced for almost three weeks before yes. he was cleared. Absolutely. So you just never know in terms of how a player is going to respond. How do they feel when they actually take their baseline test? Right. And it's not based off of is it good enough to pass this week or are they better than a, another person that's in the protocol? They do it. You take this baseline test when you're completely healthy when you first come here doing OTAs. Mm-hmm. They get a new baseline for you every year to see how your brain is working okay. mentally, physically, how you how that. you respond to answer certain questions sure. and stuff like that. Sure. So now when the season goes on, regardless of what junction of the season it is, it could be in training camp you sustain a, a concussion. Either way, they're going to go back to your original baseline mm-hmm. of that year to see how you are responding to it and – if you are healthy enough from a mental standpoint to get back out there. Do you know how long, how long has that been 
it, how long has that process been in place? Um, right, where you get they, the they started, original baseline. Yeah, they started the baselines. They started that when they moved to the independent, uh, independent neurologist. Yeah. Yes, because prior to that, it was just the training staff that were responsible for it. Okay. And you Obviously, how, you can you see how, how that, that line could get blurred. Yeah. Team, so. team employees making those decisions. Correct. Yeah. So that's when they had to do that. And obviously, the independent neurologist isn't around every day. Every single day, yeah. So the only way that they can truly know this player in terms of how he's responding is to have that baseline. And that's why it became a point of emphasis. And I know for some people, fans, some coaching staffs, it inconveniences the, uh, their organization in terms of, sure. hey, the guy looks like he's good enough to go. He's practicing things like he's that. He's telling us he feels good. Correct. But the issue is, in terms of a concussion, not all the time can it be something that you can physically point to and say, oh, look, he is hurt. Sure. It's sometimes where guys look completely fine, have normal conversations, text, smile, everything looks normal, but mentally they are still off everybody in this city that's more than just a Steelers fan right that's a Pittsburgh sports fan remembers those 18 months of the Sydney Crosby oh, situation it, we never knew what was going on it's like you'd see him practicing and skating and right? he looks normal and he looks normal he looks fine it, you see him smiling you know when when he's seen by the public and it was like okay what's what's going on here you know and again I think as you were you've kind of alluded to this concussions are just one of those things that every single case is different the information that we have on it is still, in 2019, so limited compared to other things, right? You injure, you injure your shoulder, you injure your knee, you injure your hip, you injure your ankle. There's a a decent kind of a blueprint of, okay, it's going to take roughly this amount of time, and this is what you need to do, and this is when you'll be back. Concussions, man, there's still just so many question marks, so much of a cloudy situation around head trauma still. Well, yeah, because – it's easy to evaluate and get the information on other body parts. Right. They don't – I mean, you can examine, X-ray. you can cut open x-ray, any yeah. type of skin you yeah. want or any other part of the body, and it's fine. But when it comes to the brain, it's very touchy in terms of how you handle it, in terms of how you test it. And then in terms of if it's your shoulder, I can push it to get it more trauma to see how it responds. Right. You can't do that with the no. brain. No. <laughs> you have trauma. Let's give you more trauma to say you're going to respond. Right. You can't do that. So that's some of the issues. And then, obviously, going forward, when you think just some of the long-term effects, when they talk like CT and stuff, just because you cannot test it or find ways to identify while a person is alive, that provides other, I guess, uh, barriers and, and blocks in terms of the uh, the knowledge that we're trying to, I guess, acquire in that particular realm when it comes to head injuries. Yeah, it, it it certainly is. Again, just it's there's no exact science to it is maybe the best way to put it. Uh, Ola Danny again has been cleared. He was a full participant yesterday. Deontay Johnson, a full participant as well, still waiting though to be cleared officially from concussion protocol. Juju Smith Schuster, uh, he did not practice yesterday. Still dealing with the concussion as well as a knee injury. It seems like he's not going to be available this week, Motsi, from from everything we've heard and everything we've read. Uh, Benny Snell, full participant yesterday with that knee. That's good news. Motes and I talked about that a little bit on the show yesterday and what you can realistically expect from him uh, this week, his first week back from a knee injury. Good to see him at least a full participant yesterday. Hopefully that is the same today. Artie Burns, limited 
with a knee as well. Mark Barron did not practice yesterday, but that was not injury-related. Veteran. Same with Veteran same with Marquise Pouncey. When I see he gets a, a, a did not practice and not injury-related, I wonder if that's just Motsi in anticipation of him not being available. Well, and, no, even if he's not available, even if he's not available, you still want him to be out there because the issue is this. If you give a guy a week to two weeks off that's true. because of a suspension, when he comes back, he's going to be less little, than ready. You're a little rusty. Yeah, so that's <laughs> definitely not it. But the the way that Coach Tomlin handles his veteran players, typically Wednesday or Thursday, they alternate them as their, off, yeah. their veteran rest day. So that's all that is. Pouncey, if healthy, will be out there practicing regardless of if his availability status come uh, Sunday or the following week. Bud Dupree, limited practice participant with an arm injury. Uh, other than that, Nick Vanette did not practice, but that was an illness-related, not injury-related. Vance McDonald and Mark Barron also given the day off, but again, not injury-related. Motsi, you look at this list. It's a lot of guys, particularly on the offensive side of the football. How does, in your experience, right? Oh, yeah, I missed it. You said uh, Chicolo. Did he practice? Anthony Chicolo, he's not on the injury report, not okay. listed. So I'm assuming, right, that means that, that he did yeah, practice, yeah, okay. he, if he's off the injury list. Uh, in your experience, when you've got a, a a lot of guys, you know, you got a dozen guys here almost on the injury report, a lot of them in different capacities, right? Limited practice, did not practice, full practice participant. How how can some of this uncertainty with guys' availability, what's that like when you're when you're prepping, you know, and you get to a Wednesday and a Thursday and you're close to installing game plans? What's that like when you have such so many question marks still lingering about guys and their availability for the weekend? Well, yeah, if you're one of the healthy guys, if you are the quote-unquote backup, you prepare as if you're going to be the starter. Sure. You have that mentality. Granted, you're supposed to have it anyways, but it takes a more heightened approach because now the reps are going to reflect in terms of you being the starter this week. So if you're Ola and you know Bud was limited or did not practice, well, then you know that you and Ola received a lot more practice reps yesterday because of that void. You know if you were in there for Deontay Johnson, and he was, or excuse me, for Juju, who did not practice, then you know you're going to get a lot more reps versus the typical if he was out there. So in that regard, the backup definitely starts preparing a lot more from the on-field standpoint, accompanying that with his mental preparation. But if you're the coaching staff and you have these uncertainties, you know certain players, if they're healthy, they're going to play. Juju, for example. Right. Juju is to the point where he wouldn't need to practice this week to play on Sunday. We saw that Bud with James Conner. Bud Dupree is another one. So if you're the coaching staff, your biggest thing is to make sure you're mentally preparing those players, conveying the game plan with them, communicating with them, making sure they're comfortable with it, any questions they have from a mental rep standpoint. And then if they are good to go come Sunday, well, then you just make that move and have them go out there. But if they aren't come Sunday, well, then you already have your backups prepared for this game, prepared for that moment, and that's how you seamlessly execute that. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52 The body. When we come back, good friend of the show, Brian Backo of the Post-Gazette, is going to join us. He's in the house, and once again, he has brought us snacks from the cafeteria. What a guy. We'll talk to our buddy Brian Backo when we return. Inside the Electric Factory, you're listening to Euler Emotes. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Joining us now as he does it this time every Thursday, good friend of the show, 
hear him here with us on SNR. You hear him in the family, really. Joins Adam Crowley from time to time as well, too, on ESPN Pittsburgh. He writes for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Our good friend Brian Bacco, who once again has come through in the clutch here with snacks. Healthy snacks today, right? Because a week away from Thanksgiving. Got to get ahead of it, baby. You know? Would probably help if I uh, adjusted that. your levels here. Dang, no respect for Brian Backo's voice. Who's Come on, on man. Can you hear me now? Jeez. Good. Good. Don't make him waste his voice. You know, bikini season, it might be Thanksgiving <laughs> next week, but bikini done, season's right around the corner. You done playing hey. with the knobs over there, Wes? Whoa. I am a knob. <laughs> that's that's British slang, you know, knob, almost like a jabroni. But, yeah, I mean, I could have brought you guys sun chips again or uh, or cookies, but Thanksgiving's coming up, and that's going to be a big eating, big caloric oh, intake day you know it. for everyone, especially with football on from uh, – in no Steelers game on Thanksgiving. So God bless. None of us have to work. God bless. We can just eat, drink, be merry, and watch who? I guess the Lions and the Bears and all those folks. Yeah, so. do you really want to watch the Lions and the Bears, though? Uh, Yeah, they're too – Boring teams, especially this year. Who else is on? Yeah, the Cowboys and the Bills, the right? The Bills. Oh, Arthur Motes' <laughs> Buffalo Bills. He's still high on those hey, Bills. Hey, fucking proud. Why, why wouldn't you talking be? Why wouldn't proud. you be high on them, man? I'm all I'm saying, baby. Saints and Falcons is the night game. That could be mm. intriguing. All of a sudden, the Falcons are yeah. showing signs of life. There's a pulse in Atlanta. Getting hot at the right time, man. Don't call like, it a comeback. I mean, would you say getting hot at the right time or getting hot at the wrong time? <laughs> to too little, draft, too late might be, hey, might be the cliche there. Listen, all them people out there that want to tank for certain people and get low picks, all that too would love you. See how that's looking right now, man. Play the game to win the game, baby. Skill development. That's what it's focused on. Tank for Ben DiNucci. Sure. Right. Hey, now you're talking. Thank just you know you brought up the fact that we don't have to work a week from today. Uh, thank thank the good <laughs> lord, man. But I mean, it, it, is that like everywhere? So you know, I do the Steelers TV stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And typically, our, a big record there is Thursdays. Ooh. So does that mean I should just not show up? Moats, with all the stuff you do <laughs> in media, you're going to end up working yeah, next Thanksgiving yeah, somewhere, like, somehow. Listen, I feel like that doesn't apply to me. I'm not 100% sure just yet, man. No, you're just going to have like a really busy Wednesday or a right, Friday. That's what it is. Or one, or one We're going to record either ahead of time or afterwards. I need I need to see how this works out. Well, the Steelers probably practice, right? I would, so, I would imagine. So yeah. I will be here. I, I just say. I doubt I'll be on the airwaves with you guys. Okay. Because I was going to say from, from my I personal experience. I'm not positive, but I hope not. Yeah, my personal experience is anytime it was Thanksgiving, or even Christmas, you're practicing. Oh, yeah. You're just moving around late. Hey, you want to come in early? You want to come in late? That's what they always ask us. You want to have Christmas morning? Yep. Or you want to do Christmas afternoon? We're like, hey, let's, let's practice in the afternoon. Now we can have our kids. Christmas morning, cool. And then it's Thanksgiving. You want the morning? Oh, yeah, let's do it all in the morning. So we right, got the afternoon. Get home from yeah. the feast. When and you, no one cares about New Year's. No. <laughs> when you were a player, I mean, obviously some guys have – families, homes that they, you know, that's what they're going to do on Correct. Thanksgiving, have people over. What about the younger guys who, mm. you know, whether you're on practice squad, mm-hmm. whether you're a rookie, second year, single, mingling, yes. you got an apartment or something, what do those guys generally do? So years old. I've seen it multiple ways. I, I can tell you from my personal experience, when I was a younger player, single, rookie year, I had a couple of coaches like, yeah, man, coming over for Thanksgiving. In my mind, I'm like, I wasn't understanding how that whole element worked because I'm like, Coach, I don't really know if I like you like that right now. <laughs> you're like, my boss. Yeah, you're my <laughs> boss. You yell at me. I don't really feel comfortable going over to your spot for Thanksgiving. So a lot of times I would just chill at the house. But then as I got a little older, I would uh, I would actually invite younger guys over when I had my own house, not apartment, because no one wants to come over to the apartment. That's not really a good look. But when you had the house and it's like, oh, I got the wife, got my family in town. Like, y'all come over, we'll entertain. So literally from my – 
third and fourth year in Buffalo to literally every year when I was on the roster here in Pittsburgh, I would have people come over. Sounds like a fun yeah. time. I, I do this thing once a year where we a, a, a bunch of people, Adam Crowley does it as well too, a bunch of old WVU alumni, they have a stop by, you know, and speak to, to kids at the journalism at the media school. And one of the things I always tell them is, if you're somebody who holidays are a big deal, right? If Thanksgiving's a big deal to you, if Christmas is a big deal to you, don't work in sports. Yeah. Or work sports, in base, work in baseball, right? Work in, is, yeah. work in baseball because I've worked in hockey, I've worked in football, and sports don't care about your Thanksgiving or your Christmas. Not at all. One year when I was working for the Eagles radio network still, the Eagles played on Thanksgiving and on Christmas. It was horrible. It was multiple years in Pittsburgh. It was like, oh, we're going to have Christmas games. We're going to have Thanksgiving games. Oh. New Year's game, New Year's Eve game. It does not matter. You better show up. You better be ready to go. And everybody else gets to enjoy the party but you. And they get to enjoy watching you on TV Absolutely. while they're having turkey and I mean, eggnog. Times, and literally times I'm leaving my family like, all right, guys, <laughs> enjoy Thanksgiving. I'll be back later. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. You guys have fun. I'll go, yeah. I'll go pay the bills. All right. Let's go try to win this division on Christmas. <laughs> All right. We're Santa. <laughs> Brian Backo, the Post-Gazette, with us here inside the Electric Factory. Mr. Backo. That was a, a good uh, little tangent. I enjoyed it. Thank you, right, man. We try to spice it up when you come in here. Maybe next Thursday, you know, even if we're not on air, we'll still have to give you a call and see how things are down here. Yeah. And, you know, that would be the real one, – one last Thanksgiving-related question. The real predicament, I feel like, for the cafeteria here, right, because there's going to be practice. There's going to yeah. be media people. What do you serve in the Steelers' cafeteria on Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving food. Yeah, I bet they'll, I yeah, bet they'll have so? some, some well, turkey and stuffing. Because then those guys go home and no, have that again. But, but you're assuming. You're assuming that the guys go home. I True. tell you, my rookie year, I was going home to – Microwavable yeah, like we ramen said. noodles and stuff. Like, <laughs> serious, yeah. yeah we, we just talked about Moats' rookie year. Yeah, basically a shut-in. Thanksgiving yeah. was like any other day. Right, so literally I, I, I would get it to go, and then I'm out. And even last year when I was in AZ by myself, that was going to be my plan. Like, yeah. oh, all right. I'm injured. Because <laughs> I guess, right, Let's go ahead and get one of those to go. Because if you <laughs> don't want it, right, you can just go home. You Correct. Know, it's not like you have to stay and eat right. the food. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, I'm picking up what you're putting down there. Yeah, and you got to think, too, man, if it's, what, 53 guys on an active roster, not counting the practice squad, coaching staff, and things like that, not everybody, even the guys who celebrate Thanksgiving, some of them don't want to be around people like other players when they go home. They want to just have that time for themselves and sure. stuff like that. So that kind of gives them that leeway. Or some of the guys with small children who – you know, might be single parents and stuff like that as well. So that kind of gives them that flexibility to do that. Mr. Backo, yeah. on, to, on to Steelers talk. As much as I there mean, is we, a game we, this we, week. Could, we, could sit yeah. here, we could sit here and talk food all, all afternoon, fellas. Hey, now you play. Uh, <laughs> a, a influx of injuries uh, to an offense that has already struggled to get it going. Yep. How can they attempt to kickstart things this week against the Bengals? I, I think you just got to throw in the, the new guys and, and hope that they're picking things up. I mean, from what I've heard, uh, you know, just being around guys, talking to guys in the locker room, Dion Kane is getting up to speed a lot quicker than really anybody anticipated. The long week might have helped in that regard. They were able to sign him on a Saturday, had a few days in town under his belt just to get acclimated so that he could hit the ground running yesterday in his first Steelers practice. How involved he will be, who knows, that might depend on the health of Deontay Johnson, but sounds like as scary as that injury looked in Cleveland, he's going to be ready to go. He feels good. He's out there running around, practicing in full, but as Mike Tomlin always says, NFL concussion protocol can be a mystical thing, so he's still got some hurdles to clear. If he's ready, though... He and James Washington, they can still make plays, especially against the defense that's kind of playing out the string right now in the Cincinnati Bengals. Tevin Jones, I thought, 
looked okay at times in, in Cleveland. I mean, for a guy that we'd literally never seen on that stage, could he be as productive as he was at times in the preseason? He had a couple grabs that he looked like a smooth, natural route runner and, and receiver. So, And then you do have the new guy in, in Deion Kane, who I think would slide into that Johnny Holton role. Uh, Holton kind of miscast, I think, as a guy playing that many snaps on offense. He was really brought here to play special teams in the occasional deep ball. He was just getting used far too much in that Browns game because of injuries. So you'll see what you have in Deion Kane, and, and you'll see if, if this, this will be a great week to see if Deontay Johnson and James Washington can take that next leap forward and, and produce. Well, and uh, speaking of Deion Kane, there was chatter amongst the social media about Terrell Pryor, right? <laughs> the Hoy oh, yeah. and, and, hey, how he could come in and be effective and help out. And, you know, he said that he had his interest in wanting to be a part of the Steelers as mm-hmm. well. So was there ever a point where that was going to – potentially happen or was it realistic at any point I don't think so I I mean I think his side his camp has has been interested in this really for much of the season I I first heard about this about a month ago and it just didn't seem like there was much interest from the Steelers and now you you flash forward a few weeks and it's him actually publicly basically being like I'm ready let's go bring me in here's me working out with the brick and the yoga ball and all that stuff so in the in the weights the 90 pound weights so uh, I mean, of course, that looks like he's good to go and, and ready to step in and help the team right away. But yeah, there, there's such a thing to be said for football shape. When you're not out there going through workouts and, and practices and walkthroughs and games with the guys on a week-by-week basis, you're just not going to be in the same kind of conditioning. So that's obviously what Mike Tomlin and, and Kevin Colbert and all those guys valued in this week's kind of roster churn and, and the revolving door that they had to work with. They wanted to get out and get guys who they probably liked at some point, maybe in the draft process, uh, whether it was last year with Deion Kane or this year with Kareth White. They know that they're in shape. They're on practice squads. They're itching at a chance to go. Deion Kane had played in regular season games as well for the Colts, so they had some film on him in 2019 coming off an injury last year. They put more value on that over a, a, a splashy signing like a Terrell Pryor or an Eli Rogers who's known around here. Des Bryant. That one, I think, is probably the biggest pipe dream. Yeah, it's ludicrous. I mean, we can see the, the workout videos of Eli Rogers and Terrell Pryor going at it. And, and Jay Ajayi was another guy that people Correct. wanted to be brought in when James Conner went down. Who knows how ready and healthy he is, but he looked good enough for the Eagles to bring him in off the couch. So, I mean, it, it remains to be seen if he's productive at all in Philadelphia, but there's different strokes for different folks, and, and we saw what the Steelers prioritized and what they wanted to do. It remi- kind of the prior situation reminds me, I think it was 2013 or 14 when Santonio Holmes was opining to get – was, he was like tweeting oh, at yeah, Big 13, Ben. 13, he yeah. was tweeting at Ben like every day, like, come on, get me back in the building. It seems like – you kind of alluded to it there, Brian, but the Steelers are always more interested in the unknown, if you will. Or the younger players. The younger yes. player than the veteran free agent. Yeah, the upside, as Mike Tomlin put it. And, and he gave some platitudes about how that's what you know kind of proves their value as coaches is bringing in guys, molding them, getting the most out of them. Hey, I mean, Terrell Pryor is still only 30. Maybe he'll get a chance to, to get a look next season from this team if they're still kind of cobbling things together at the wide receiver position. Training camp from, invite. I was just going to say, he's from Jeanette. Right down just, the road. Just shoot down, uh, what, 30 is it to, yeah. to get over it's, to St. Vincent what, 10, College? 15 minutes from Jeanette? Exactly. Boom. 
Speaking yeah. of which, we pa- he can stay off site like another former uh, Steelers oh, wide receiver. He can just stay in the dorm room. Here he goes. But he can't stay in the dorm room with you and I? I mean, uh, uh, well, you know, we'll see. I'm not footing the bill for Terrell Pryor. Jeez, me I, either. <laughs> we always drive past that huge Jeanette side. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I'm I know. I'm always thinking, why doesn't it say home with Terrell Pryor? On it should, you know? right? Yeah, I, mean, I think uh, eventually it probably will, he's right? Gotta be, I mean, he's got to donate a little money. That's all. That's what it is, right? Hey, hey, hey. some of that NFL money you got, big fella. BJ Finney. This week, uh, barring some miracle in the appeals process, going to be starting at center for the Steelers. Uh, for an offensive line that has had their struggles in the last few weeks, do you think they, this is maybe a, you, let, you, you hear it, it's cliche, but a get-right game of sorts for this offensive line uh, against a unit in the Bengals that just seemingly is making a lot of business decisions out there when it, <laughs> when it, comes, yeah. to, uh, when it comes to trying to play physical and, and trying to really establish an identity on defense it really should be I mean the the first matchup with Cincinnati was probably one of their better games of the season I would think I mean that that showed in the numbers and obviously there are a lot of dump offs and, and things of that nature but that that still means that the offensive line for the most part yep. is doing their job and and getting downfield and making those blocks and, and you know as far as Marquise Pouncey goes I wouldn't necessarily say his play to to borrow a Steelers term has been above the line a, a lot of the time this year I mean the, obviously there's the snaps but there's also penetration up the middle that you've seen. It's it's a struggle in the run game. Last couple weeks against the Rams and Browns, it's also made for trouble in the pass game, collapsing the pocket on Mason Rudolph. So I'm not saying B.J. Finney is going to get in there and, and all of a sudden be the shot in the arm that this line needs, but I think he'll be just fine. I think the the guy's actually got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He was essentially benched one yeah. week after starting. The Rams. Yeah, after starting for Ramon Foster against the Colts in a game that the Steelers weren't great on offense but did enough to win, all of a sudden they shuffle things up the next week and more or less say we're not all that trustworthy in what you can do against Aaron Donald. Mm -hmm. And uh, I asked B.J. Finney about that yesterday, and he said naturally as a professional athlete, anytime you're not playing and you're on the sideline, that motivates you. So uh, he he certainly has reason to, to play his hardest this week, even against the team that you could probably beat without your A game. But... Uh, they've got him in there, and, and the rest of the the guys, they need to play better, too. I mean, I, I think Matt Filer, who was the biggest question mark of the year coming in, has maybe been the best out of those five this season. And uh, and he's had to play multiple positions, as we just yeah. alluded to right with that guard, Rams game. Right guard, left yeah. guard as well. So uh, it should be a game that, that they can do their part. I think that Bengals defense, and specifically that front four, is aging uh, quite a bit, and, and that's contributing to their, what I guess, their 0-10 record now. Yeah. But even I will say this, man, when you're watching the uh, the Bengals, they did give Oakland a run for their money last week. And yeah, they haven't completely laid down. Right, that's the one thing I'm noticing. They haven't completely committed to the full tank. But And even two weeks ago, it was, what, 49-10 against the Ravens? Yes. But the Ravens got two defensive Correct. touchdowns. So they, yes. they weren't that awful. Right. I mean, you still don't want to give up 35, but – it's uh, it's important to note that yeah. two of those scores were uh, were Ryan Finley's. Fault, yes, so. <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing. They make you make that switch, you kind of open yourself up to that. But sticking with quarterbacks though, Mason Rudolph. Obviously, he went and addressed the media. I believe it was yesterday, after the whole situation that transpired on Thursday night. So, how do you think he's handling things from a mental standpoint? What's the temperature on him and the guys in the locker room going into this game? Yeah, it's tough to know. I mean, just just from seeing him walk around the hallways, cafeteria, whatnot, he seems pretty locked in. I, I think he's obviously really, really angry at himself for Thursday night. That would have been the case even if those last eight seconds hadn't played Correct. out the, the way they did. The four interceptions. Sure. And, and all bad. year people have wanted to kind of take a backhanded compliment at him and tell him he's a game manager. 
but that had been working. Now all of a sudden you get in there and you're not doing the number one things that is asked of you in that role right now, and that's to protect the ball, mm-hmm. ball security. He, he, he failed in that regard in a major way. So I, I think he uh, would be beating himself up over it anyway, even if not for uh, the, the Miles Garrett altercation. As far as his, his mental standpoint and, and stuff like that, it's, it's really hard to know. I mean, people were wondering if the apology yesterday was sincere and all of that jazz. I mean, no one really knows and, unless you're him. But I, I thought it sounded uh, genuine to me, and, and really that's all you can ask for. Sometimes you need a few days to get that cooling off period and decide what you really want to say, look back on the incident, uh, and, and basically get the message out there that you want to get. It's tough when you're asked, a half hour or less after a yeah, game. You're still your yeah, in the heat it. of the moment. You're still in the doubt. heat of the moment. You probably haven't even necessarily watched Processed and dissected everything. it. Yeah, or understood your actions or, or your non-actions in the situation as well. Absolutely. So some people might say that's that's going to be the realest reaction from players. To me, maybe there's some truth in that, but but also sometimes that that's not necessarily going to be how they feel about it uh, when, when it's all said and done. Well, because I guess my biggest concern was you think about how everything's transpired Thursday night. They've been talked to. I mean, that situation is going to be talked about as this week continues on, yep. as we've already seen. Yeah, next what, what week I, it'll be it, and right, and it heightens back again. up next week. So, is this a game where they potentially are lacking in focus? Yeah, that's what ter- I'd like to know. Uh, I mean, not necessarily are they lacking, but uh, when we talked to Mason Rudolph today after practice, assuming we will, I, I'd love to know if he's been trying to kind of avoid the talk shows and and all of that kind of stuff since Thursday. I mean, I'm sure he'll say that. He avoids it regardless, but uh, th- this team does need to be focused and, and they need to be ready to bounce back. Cam Hayward has been the the backbone, the the voice of that really since Thursday. He didn't play a major role in the scuffle out with the Browns, but uh, he's been as vocal as anyone about we've got to move on. As a defense, we're not blaming the offense. We're not pointing fingers at the Browns right now. We're not even thinking about what happened uh, You know, once the whistles blew. Uh, we're just saying that we need to be better, and, and that's what we're going to do. We're focused on Cincinnati because, you know, this is my words, but heaven forbid if you lose this game. Oh, it's over. It's it's pretty much over, and, and guess what? People are going to care about the Browns game, but they're not going to care about whether you win or lose. They're just going to care about whether you get in a fight again. Yes, absolutely. And I know, obviously, uh, Marquis Ponce had his appeals process. Has there been any word in terms of the decision on that? Also, some of the other fines that were potentially going to be coming out. Yeah, not that I've seen. I mean, I've inquired with the NFL about the fines, and it's it's funny. you you got to basically ask each week which players. <laughs> I think I listed the whole roster mode because everybody came. Everybody came off the bench and off the sideline. Craig Wolfley on that list, too. It, 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 technically, if you leave Correct. the bench you area, get fined you, for that. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, like, I'm listed. I'm like uh, 26, Mark Barron, uh, 37, Jordan oh, Dangerfield, man. 38, Jalen Samuels. So. Uh, There's going to be a lot of paperwork to be done over at the league offices. But as far as Pouncey, I mean, last we heard officially from the NFL was that his appeal uh, result would come out later this week. So that could be today, could be tomorrow. I would think the Steelers will know one way or the other by Saturday. I mean, you got to assume that you're not going to have them. Yeah, for this week's least, game. Yeah. Well, and they already made a decision on Larry Ogunjobi right. as well. Right. His was upheld, so he's still going to be suspended for one game. And they rescinded his fine, which Correct. I thought was a little curious, but what are you going to do? If I were Larry Ogunjobi, I don't think I would have appealed it. I'd be like, shoot, they might look at this and give me two right. games. <laughs> Let me just Wait, hold on a second. One further review. Yeah. 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 We want to drop the hammer a little bit more here, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what does the defense – off a frustrating performance like that where they weren't able to get any takeaways for the first time in 
what, was it since week one against the Patriots? I, I think it was. Yeah. In a game, it, I, I think it's maybe fair to assume, and not everybody has the same personnel talent level as the Browns do on offense, but that that's going to kind of be teams' game plans against the Steelers going forward is that, hey, play everything close to the chest, wait for our opportunities, keep this a low-scoring game, and as long as their defense doesn't get a pick six or a scoop six or, you know, get the ball back inside our own red zone, it's going to be really hard for this team, particularly now in the wake of all these injuries, to score points. In theory, sure, but that's a difficult game plan to go into a game against the Steelers with because if T.J. Watt's firing off on you and strip-sacking you, well, <laughs> what are you going to do? If, if Mika Fitzpatrick's punching the ball out, what are you going to do? And on top of that, we saw ample opportunities where the Steelers had Baker Mayfield in the backfield and they mm -hmm. just let him escape. If you want to roll the dice and say that's your game plan going forward, good luck because how often are we going to see this defense miss those type of plays? and ultimately let those type of plays be extended to become deep passes and stuff like that. So, yeah. To, to me, what Thursday showed is as good as this defense has been, it needs to continue playing at that level because of this team does finally sort of have that identity, quote-unquote, which maybe we've debated on here whether that's an overrated thing or not, but it's, it's clear to me that it's not a team that's built to come back. From, right. from multi-score mm -hmm. deficits. I mean, they did Unless that. Unless it's against the Dolphins. I was going to say, they <laughs> did that against Miami. But, geez, they, they were barely an NFL team, at least at that right. point. Uh, you know, they did come back against the Colts, but it, it never got as out of hand as it did against Cleveland. So you, you're, you're going to need to provide a lead or at least stick close in order to give this offense a chance, for better or worse. And the, the upshot of that is you can't have those coverage busts, those missed assignments on the back end that Cleveland was able to exploit in that game, be it to Odell Beckham or, or Jarvis Landry. So it, communication had been really good these last few weeks, at least it seemed like. Uh, last week against the Browns, it faltered at times, and it really cost them. Heck, some guy named Kaderil Hodge, who I'd literally never heard of in my <laughs> life, was able to exploit this Steelers secondary a little bit. Yeah, man. And just looking at this Bengals team, we know Joe Mixon. We know what he presents. They're finally getting him going a finally little bit. Finally are, right? And but if you're it? the Bengals – I, 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 why would you want to run the wheels off Joe Mixon? He might yeah. still be a part of the rebuild. I, I agree. I agree. I'd be like, Joe, okay, Relax. we know you still have it. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to load you up with 20 touches every week. Maybe we'll get some other guys involved. But uh, I, I guess yards. He's got more yards in the last three games yeah. yes. than he had the entire prior seven. Yeah. So you know the charges he presents. Obviously, they had A.J. Green warming up last week as well. Do you anticipate both of those guys being out there on Sunday? I don't anticipate A.J. Green being out there. It doesn't look like Alden Tate is going to be out there either, mm -hmm. another big target for them. So their receiving core is super banged up. It's, it's basically Tyler Boyd, who's not real happy with how he's been being used and lack <laughs> yeah. of targets yep. heading his way. It's him Alex. and Juju are, like, the same right now, man. <laughs> the, the funny thing about them is, like, they're kind of opposite in that Boyd is saying this stuff basically through the media right. and told the, the local <laughs> folks in Cincinnati that I'm not the type of guy to go tell the coach and the quarterback this. Right. To me, reading between the lines, Juju's doing the opposite. Uh -huh. He's saying all the right things to <laughs> us in the locker room on Correct. Thursdays and Fridays <laughs> and after the game. But if you look on the sideline with your binoculars from the press box, he's walking yeah. around with the the uh, tablet, the, the Microsoft <laughs> Surface tablet. Cha-ching, pay me Microsoft. Do, do and, you see this right yeah, he's, here? He's, Open. He's showing it Open. to anyone who will look, Moats. He's showing it at Mason. He's showing it at Randy. He's showing it at Tom. He's showing it at Ref. He's hey, like, duck, look at this, Ref. Duck, yeah. duck, duck. The people. <laughs> 
we were sitting in the first row <laughs> yeah. behind the so bench. He said, Duck, right. I know you're not in right now, but just look, just in case. <laughs> exactly. Right? So, uh, but yeah, getting back to the Bengals, I mean, it's Tyler Boyd. It's Alex Erickson is like their slot guy who's had mm. some – he's popped off for some big games here and there. I feel like a better returner than a receiver. Yeah, right? yeah, that's really what he was brought in to do. They need a receiver next they year do. too really oh. bad. Jeez, everyone's talking about their quarterback situation, but go get someone from this super deep draft class Very true. at wideout that can give the Steelers and the rest of the AFC North fits for the uh, foreseeable future. The tight ends, they're still using a decent amount. C.J. Uzoma has actually been mm-hmm. playing more snaps than Tyler Eifert. Eifert's a shell of himself, man. He the is. injuries have, have – Took his talent, man. He yeah. is, yeah. I'm not necessarily expecting him to, to really be dangerous to the Steelers, but you never know. They've had issues against him in the past. Correct. So there's just not much here in this Bengals offense. Ryan Finley doesn't have a whole lot of help. He's not playing well. And their O-line is. Yeah, they, they might get man. Cordy Glenn back this week as their left tackle because that's been a revolving door well, him for and, them. Him and the organization had, had their differences of opinions in terms of his availability and injuries yeah. and things it like that. It looks like that. he's been practicing this week, though, and is, is finally going to suit up. I mean, Andre Smith like got injured last last time these two teams played by Big Bud Dupree. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's been a rough go of it for the Bengals. They threw for 73 yards last Ooh. week against Ooh. the Raiders. That's tied for the fifth lowest by any bad. team. In a game this year, I was actually surprised there were fit five performances worse. I think two or three were by the Jets when wow. <laughs> when your boy Luke Falk was starting. Ooh. So mm. Jared Goff threw for forty eight against uh, I forget who it was. Uh, the Niners. The Niners. In the year yeah. of our Lord two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, man. Wow. That's not going to win you too many football games. It's not. <laughs> all right, Mr. Backo. All things considered, before we get you out of here. Uh oh. What's the prediction? Uh oh. Get the people what they want. Sometimes you guys get on me for being a pessimist, but I like the Steelers big this week. I think they'll figure some things Ooh, out on offense. Interesting. Uh, how about uh, 30 to zip Steelers? Whoa. Shut out. Shut out Ryan Finley and company. 30. Where is this? Who, is, where, where, who are you? What have you done with Brian Becko, man? Sometimes the gut just tells Golly. you they're going to get right with this one, bounce back and bring some momentum 30. into the Browns you, round two. You come in bringing healthy fruit. You're picking the Steelers plus 30. Wow. Yeah, what are the odds we're getting on the Fox bet app for that one? Steelers, Steelers plus 30. <laughs> he hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade. Brian Backo, you can find his work in the Post-Gazette. You can find him on Twitter at Brian Backo and hear him with us every Thursday. Buddy, we appreciate the snacks. We appreciate the time even more. And we'll talk to you next week. Well, happy, I guess we won't talk to you next week. Yeah. Happy, happy holidays to you guys yeah, and uh, all the fine listeners. <laughs> when we come back, three guarantees of Steelers Bengals. You're in the Electric Factory listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Thanks to our buddy Brian Backo from Pittsburgh Post-Gazette for joining us last segment, making bold predictions. Steelers. 30 burger, 30 burger. 30 rip. He's calling the Steelers to beat the Bengals 30 to nil. Hey, I mean, I'll, I'll sign up for that, Motsi. Hey, man, I would not complain. I promise you that. You'll have to wait until tomorrow to get our score predictions, our, our Bengals-Steelers predictions. But I'm going to give you three guarantees right now, Arthur Motes. All right, you ready for this? I know it's your new favorite part of the week here. All right, let's do it, baby. Three guarantees for Steelers-Bengals. Number one. Uh, it won't be pretty. You're not going to enjoy watching this football game aesthetically. 
I think, uh, with all respect to our buddy Mr. Backo, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think there's going to be a lot of punts. I think there's going to be a lot of three and outs. I, I, I now, don't think see, it's going is, to be aesthetically pleasing. This is We differ. You would think that that is pleasing. That would be beautiful to me. <laughs> like, you probably love that Alabama-LSU 9-6 to six game. Absolutely. I would rather see that than 30 points being scored in a game. We're just throwing it out there. <laughs> Uh, that is guaranteed. That, that's number, what we differ. That is guaranteed yeah. number one, Arthur Motes, that it will not be an aesthetically pleasing, maybe I should say offensive performance. There because, we go, yeah, yeah. Because like you said, there are some people that love, love, love those. And I don't dislike those type of games. But you would view it as bad offense, not great defense. Correct. It, I'm viewing it as great defense. I love that. Let me see do it. Do you think that those things have to be mutually exclusive, or can you have both? In what regard? Like, if the final score is 13-10, to 10, right? Mm-hmm. Can it be great defense and bad offense, or is it only one or the other? I mean, nothing is absolute in life. Except for our opinions on sports. Right. On Dak Prescott. Yeah, but I don't think it has to be absolute. I think you can have good defense where they're balling out, making big plays, sacks, and at the same time having drop passes and just malpractice fumbles and things like that. So, without a doubt, I think it can have both of those out there. Guarantee number one, it won't be pretty on offense for either team. Guarantee number two, I think you'll like this one. All right, let's hear it. Steven Nelson. He's having a pretty good year, right? Uh-huh. Aside from that big play against the Browns. You've been saying nothing negative there. No, no, this is good. Okay. This is good. Steven Nelson going to record his first interception as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers this Sunday afternoon at what, Paul Bryan Stadium. The jungle. The jungle. The jungle. He's played so well all season. Um and I think part of why he hasn't had an interception to this point, right, is because teams are staying away from him. Correct. Which is a good thing, a very good thing. But we there was a lot of talk about how last year, right, when they brought him in, this was a Steelers defense that didn't do a great job of generating turnovers, particularly interceptions. And you bring in Steven Nelson, who had four with the Kansas City Chiefs. Everyone thought this is a splash play guy. He's exceeded expectations. But I think he finally gets that first interception on Sunday, Motsi. Oh, I would love to see that happen for him because he's been balling out, so you want to see him rewarded with that. I just know how hard it is when you're playing in man all the time or you're he like in that corner position, even in the way this defense is run right now, those corners are matching up. They're playing a lot more man concepts. So a lot of times you don't have the freedom the to make the interceptions, yeah. whereas Minka – He's the middle field roamer, you know, so the center. Fielder. So, yeah, so Steven could have great coverage if pass gets tipped, which is a great play Kinda by like him. Seen from Joe yes, and Meek is going to make the interception. So I'm like, as much as I would love to see that happen, I just don't think I think it's going to be either uh, Meek or Troy Edmonds, honestly. OK, but okay. I like it. I like it. I like where you're going, I'm, though. I'm trying to be bold. baby. Sh- shout out to the defense. Last one. I don't think you'll like this one, but I got to I got to have one Bengals related. Uh, Joe Mixon. 80 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. Now, remember, I said 80 uh, yards from scrimmage. Oh, I already know. Yeah, without a doubt. Man, as much as I don't want that to happen, I can see that happening 100% just because Joe Mixon is a very dynamic running back. He's a big, back, fast, physical, he was elusive. top five on most people's list going yes. into this season. Rightfully so. Yes, indeed. And I First-round fantasy pick and everywhere. And I saw how he looked versus the Raiders last week. And he's one of those guys where he's the only bright spot on that offense. So you know whether it's from accumulation of touches or just him being that dynamic. I think it's a little bit of both. I think that's realistic that we will see at least 80 yards of scrimmage and a touchdown. Like I said, I mentioned this when we had Backo on 
He's got more yards in his last three games yes. than the previous seven. Yes. Was that more from what you've seen on just they've been an inept offense with a bad offensive line, or was it more so he just wasn't getting the spin that he's getting now? They weren't using him as the focal point when they were still when it was Dalton. They were still trying to have Dalton throw the ball more, and Joe was the afterthought to that. Whereas now with Finley at uh, with Finley at quarterback, they're saying, "Hey, we're going to lean on Joe. We're going to feed Joe. We're going to let Joe get a ton of runs. We're going to get quick and, and schemed up passes to Joe and utilize his athletic ability." And that's why we're seeing the difference. Even Giovanni Bernard, yes, he's had some of his most touches in terms of targets and productivity on offense over these past couple of weeks. Just because now you have a young quarterback. And we talk about what's a quarterback's best friend? A young quarterback. Run game. Run game, tight ends. So they're utilizing those two weapons that they have in uh, Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard. And I, I thought it did work out for those guys. Now, granted, the issue that they ran into versus the Raiders where they had a couple times they got across the midfield, 40-yard line area, and stalled out. They missed a 50-yard field goal where Randy Bullock hit a 40-yard field goal. But they just couldn't seem to – once it got into that fringe red zone area, they right. couldn't seem to put enough together to accomplish what they needed to accomplish in terms of scoring points. But I definitely think that, man, with Joe, like that's 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 not he's, too far-fetched right there, he's, man. He's a good football player. As much as, you, as much as I don't like anybody from Cincinnati, he's one of those guys you got to respect as this game. As much as I don't like anybody from Oklahoma. Yeah, got to respect the game. Except for our, our buddy from Oklahoma who tweets the show, oh, yes, Oklahoma right. Zone. Yes, I he's like cool. him. I'm He's just talking cool. about the football players yeah. from Oklahoma because, you know, they just flex their muscles and oh, crap on my Mountaineers every Yikes. fall. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52. The body. Where Mark says he's with you, much prefer a good, strong defensive game than an offensive pinball scoring game. And I think that's probably the Steeler fan in all of us, right? We well, no, because you, you, you like the Rams and Chiefs game last year. Oh, this is the best game all time, 50 and 50. I hated it. I wouldn't say that I loved it or thought Hated it was the best it. game of all time, but I did think it was entertaining. Yeah, because you like Big 12 football. You like that, that just no defense, just keep scoring. You know I was in attendance for the highest-scoring college football game of all time. Yeah, if I want to watch a basketball score, I'll watch basketball. 70 to 63. <laughs> That's not good ball. It was not. It was terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible defense. Yeah. But the Mountaineers won. It's terrible. Against Baylor. First ever Big 12 game. Yeah, it's terrible. Still the highest scoring game in D1 history. It's terrible. If you, were part of that, if you were part of that defense, you should be disappointed in yourself highly. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're like Geno Smith and threw for, what, eight touchdowns and the seven touchdowns in that game, something right. like that. Stedman Bailey caught three or four touchdowns yeah. in that game. But, yeah, whew, that's a lot of points. When we come back, hour number two, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's return. do that, little, my brother. little view from the other side, I if you will, like that. as we get into hour two. You also know we'll take your tweets on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52. The body. Hour number two when we return inside the electric I'm, I'm factory. Good. That's good. It's Euler. <laughs> it's Euler and Motes. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? I'm tired. Well, that's good. <laughs> Euler Remotes with you here inside the Electric Factory Broadcasting Live from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex on the south side of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So you happy I'm tired? That what you're saying? I am. I'm good. That's good. That's good. I'm tired. That's good. That's good. Well, you, you broke the first rule of engagement there, you know? 
through and someone asks you how you're doing, there's no. only one answer. No. Nope. I'm good. No. Nope. Mm -mm. I'm good. Actually, my toe hurts. That's good. That's good. <laughs> you know, I was feeling high and mighty when I walked in here this morning. Yeah. So normally, um, around this time, when the weather starts to get a little bit colder, um, you know how the setup is here, but to kind of paint the picture for people who aren't familiar, the Steelers have two buildings down here. Correct. So the first, if you're like park, if you're coming like in the direction that you drive down the street, the IPF is first, right? The indoor practice facility, oh. and that's where the Steelers practice during the UPMC. winter time. Yep, that's the indoor IPF indoor practice facility. Pretty self-explanatory. And the Steelers do some of their offices are there as well too. A lot of the content people are Correct. there. A lot of the video people, the graphics people, the photographers, all those people are in that building as well. And then you've got the second building, which is kind of the main administrative building, if you will, right? Where the outdoor football fields are here. The locker room is here. The Kevin cafeteria. cafeteria is here. Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin and Mr. Mr. Rooney. Rooney. And, and, and all the administrative stuff is here in, in, in the main building. So what I like to do, because, you know, unlike Arthur Motes, I don't get a VIP parking spot. Oh, here you go. I'm stealing your thunder here, you know. With this, I'm stealing your thunder here. Uh, so I have to walk from the IPF parking lot back to the other building. It's not, you know, it's maybe, what, 200 yards? Yeah, there? it's not too about far. About 200 yards, about two well, football I, actually, field lengths. Well, because, you know, so you got the indoor, and, yeah, about 200. Probably about 230. 250? 230? Yeah, about 250. Something like that. So it's yeah. not a terribly far walk, but it's a walk nonetheless, you know, five, six, seven-minute walk. And I'm carrying, you know, a bunch of equipment. I've usually got our big Comrex, our, our broadcast machine. i got a duffel bag filled with all the wires and the headsets and all that stuff. So once the weather starts to turn, I like to walk through the indoor practice facility. Right, so I don't have to walk outside this whole time. I can go inside and I can cheat a little bit, right? Get the air conditioning, get out, oh, of, yeah. get oh, out yeah. of the, you know, work smarter, not harder type of hey, thing. Hey, that's what, that's the mark of a great man. So today I flash my badge on the thing, I swipe my credentials, and I walk into the indoor practice facility, and the Pitt Panthers are practicing. Uh. And now I've done this a few times before, but a lot of times I get yelled at, I get looks, you know, particularly because you know half the time I'm wearing a, a Dub V jacket. Anyway. As, as you are right now, beautiful <laughs> Dub V stitch shirt. <laughs> And so I open the doors of the practice facility. I see there's practice going on. And, you know, I think it was one of the coaches is yelling about something. And I'm like, all right, you know what, today I'm just going to – it's not that bad outside. It's not that cold. I'm going to walk around. So I turn around to, you know, to do a 180 and walk around the outside of the building. And one Craig Wolfley's walking in behind the me. The Wolf Man. And Wolf goes, Wesley, what are you doing? And I said – uh, Wolf Pitt's practicing in there, you know, I just figured I'll just walk around and he goes, oh no, come on buddy. And so I just walk right through practice with Wolf and he's high-fiving with everybody on the Pitt coaching staff and, you know, <laughs> it's it's all about who you know, not what you know, Mozi. Hey, that's that's definitely the truth, man. I always, when I uh, see the Pitt guys practicing, I always try to look for the strength coach. I'm like, hey, what's up buddy? Remember me when I was injured? Was rehabbing together? Da -da -da. He's like, oh yeah, Mozi, you're good. I'm like, yes. Yes. Thanks. Don't make it awkward. Yes. <laughs> But I got to see the other side, if you will, of uh, the other football team that operates down here at the mm -hmm. Rooney Sports Complex. What they look like, man? Not good. No, I mean, hey. I Better than talk W, the trash. man. Yeah, they're 7-3 and three right now. Yeah, bowl game. Yeah, Orange Bowl. Yeah. Orange Bowl. No. Well, yeah, maybe. I guess they could still finish as the second ACC team. Absolutely, and that's an Orange Bowl. Wow, there is a mass. I think mean, about is, that. Just think a, about that, bro. There is a Grand Canyon-sized gap between Clemson and everybody else. It in is. ACC. It is, but, but think about the other it's ACC true, teams. Because if Clemson goes to the playoff, they have to They take, have to go to the next one. And it's not Florida State, not no, Miami. No. Virginia Tech, maybe. Virginia. UVA. Yeah. No Boston College. No. Mm. No Louisville. Nah. Oh, it's the same, man. 
Come on, Virginia. They're at USC. Yeah. Come on, Virginia. Orange Bowl it up, baby. Hell to pit, baby. Hell to pit. Speaking of views from the other side, uh, you know, like I like to do on Thursdays. I like to, uh, and this started last night actually. I listened to um, Tim Benz went on Cincinnati Radio with Dave Lapham, who is mm, the, who's okay. he's kind of like a punch and wolf for the Bengals. He was an offensive lineman. He's now their uh, yeah. color analyst, hosts a radio show in Cincinnati. So I like to do my research on what the other side is saying this time of week. What they're saying about the Pittsburgh Steelers. What they say. Is that the offense is a massive question mark, but that that defense is elite. (sighs) Not breaking any news there, right? Nah, nah, nah. That was earth shattering. I like it, though. Smart, man. Uh, I mean, you're talking about. An offense that has been a little bit of a question mark, and that's before the injuries to, to Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson and James Conner's status still being up in the air. But with that, right, with the talk of, man, this is an offense that's a big question mark, but an elite defense, one of the best, if not the best, in the National Football League, they're going to have to score more than three points if they want to uh, hang in the game this time, the Cincinnati Bengals fair modes, because that's what they're saying over there. Three points ain't going to cut it. I definitely agree, man. They're going to have to find a way to do some type of scoring. I don't see it happening, though, honestly. Um, unless they score on defense, which they haven't been proven to be able to do. Mm-hmm. But their biggest issues, man, the turnover ratio. I mean, they're like minus 11 right now. They they don't protect the ball, and they don't generate those type of turnovers. And I think that's a big issue for them and why you see them trailing in all of their games. You watch them versus the Raiders, multiple turnovers again. I mean, it's just – Got to protect the ball. Steelers had eight sacks against the Bengals. And they've allowed 36. They've allowed 36 sacks going into this game. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And it's it's kind of, you know, everybody in Cincinnati, they want to see more from Ryan Finley, right? But it's kind of similar to some of the conversations we have with Mason Rudolph, but even more exaggerated, exacerbated, whatever the word I'm looking for here (laughs) is, is that how can you really judge Ryan Finley, right, when – it's he's seemingly running for his life every time he drops back to pass. Yeah, very true, man. It's a hard, hard situation to be in, man. And for him, he's a young quarterback too. Think Mason Rudolph, but younger. This is his first go at it. Yeah. And it's not a very favorable situation for him. And it sucks because you're trying to be evaluated and you're definitely not getting done any favors in that regard. But that's the nature of it. He has to understand it and find ways to make the best of that situation. It's not going to get any easier, though, especially – now that he has the Steelers defense coming into town, and you know what they've been capable of and what they've been able to do in terms of generating turnovers, getting after the quarterback. So, yeah, don't look for it to get any easier for him, man. Yeah, and hopefully uh, – we talked about this a little bit where it wasn't that the Steelers' front had a poor performance on Thursday night against the Browns. It was more what Baker Mayfield was able to do in the pocket because the Steelers were still getting to Baker, right? They yes. were still applying pressure. Um, it was just – Baker's a more mobile quarterback than, than a lot of the quarterbacks they've seen to this point so far this season. Um, but Ryan Finley, hopefully he's a guy that, uh, like we saw with Andy Dalton a couple months ago, that they can get after this guy. They can generate some turnovers. Get some, after him. Get after him. Some, you know, winning on defense in first and second down, making it harder for the, de- or for the Bengals offense to rely as much on Joe Mixon. We know all these things go hand in hand. And obviously, I- I've mentioned this stat with Joe Mixon. He's been the – focal point I, I thought you and Brian Bacco made a good point where and maybe you're at the point now where you kind of want to save some tread on Joe Mixon's tires right for 
for lack of a better way to put it, or maybe that is the, the right way to put yeah. it. Um, we know how running backs and their shelf life in the National Football League, and Joe Mixon's a guy that they have been really riding the past three weeks to, to any level of offensive success. But in Cincinnati, they want to see that continue, Motsi. They want to see Joe Mixon be the focal point of the offense and, and continue to uh, – like he has against the Steelers, at least statistically, put up uh, good numbers when it comes to yards from scrimmage. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's the, the touchy subject in terms of when do you decide enough is enough for this season? When do you decide, all right, let's send that message that we want to use our younger players and you, Joe Mixon, being a healthy guy, we want to reduce your role because it doesn't just affect this season when you make that decision. Now you're talking about next season when Joe comes back. What is his mentality towards you guys in terms of, okay, if things aren't going as well as y'all would hope, are y'all going to sit me down? If things aren't going the way that we all agree upon, what's the next move and things like that? So that's why it's always touch and go from a fan standpoint, from a media standpoint. We sit here and we say it all the time. Hey, man, you guys suck. Start tanking for this guy or you guys suck. Let's save this player. But – you realistically cannot do that because players right. don't operate that. Like Joe Mixon's still fighting for his next yeah, contract. You, you, and think about this. Do you really think that Joe Mixon cares about the tread on his tires right now in an no. 0-10 season when, like you said, he has contracts coming up. He's trying to accomplish things that he has from a personal goal sure, standpoint. Sure. I'm sure there's probably incentives in his current yes, contract. Yes, indeed. So for him, he's not looking forward to that at all. And as just as an athlete's mentality – you never view it as, oh, man, the season's completely lost. There's nothing we could do. Right. My rookie year, we were sitting at 0-8 in Buffalo, and we made it where we split and we ended up going 4-4 four and four in those last four games, and we felt like we were taking a step in the Gives right direction. We got hot, and we built upon that. Yes, that yeah. offseason started out hot the next season. And it all transpired because we were saying that, hey, you're looking at how you're losing these games. If you're the, if you're the, um, the Bengals, you're saying, okay, we lost to what, the Seahawks by one. That's arguably one of the best teams in the league. We lost to the Bills by four. They're sitting at seven wins right now. We lost to the Ravens by four. Uh, excuse me. The first time they lost to the Ravens by four. Obviously, he lost to the um, to the Jags by ten. So it's like little things like that. You're Raiders saying, hey, one score Raiders game. one score game. So it's not like we're terrible. But right now, what we have to do is focus on developing these skills because we know when we get healthy, whether it's the end of this season or next season, we will be – a group that's battle-tested will be a group that understands how to win these close games. So that's always like the mentality as like a player. But we talk about management. Management is different now. Management, they're, they're looking from the business model. Sure. Hey, man, who else could we get? Where can we move and things like that? But from a coaching to player relationship standpoint, you can't do the let's start saving this guy and sitting no. him down. It just doesn't work like that. Particularly like you said, because from that player's standpoint, they're still trying to – build the best resume they're Mm -hmm. still trying to hit their incentives they're always playing for their next contract teams in in front offices might tank but players don't tank Mm. and even from a negotiation standpoint they can say hey joe we want to sit you down relax you and then in a year now a year or two from now when it's time to negotiate they're like well look at your numbers and he's like but you guys set me down and they're like well i don't i don't know what you're talking about joe right we're just looking at your numbers what the numbers (laughs) what the numbers say so yeah that's one of those situations right there. <laughs> On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52 The body. When we come back here, it is Thursday. That Uh-oh. means it's time for three-question Thursday, a three 
jam-packed of inquisitive questions. The highlight of my Thursday, baby. Arthur Motes, we will have that when we return. Also get to some of your questions on Twitter. Three Question Thursday up next. You are inside the Electric Factory listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Three questions on a Thursday. This was one of our first traditions on the show, right? I think Get That Paper was the first one. Yes, correct. On Fridays where we do our pick them and our show me the money yes. and keep track of ours. But I think this might have been the second one. Three question Thursday. So I think we started doing this last year, didn't we? Well, remember, I wasn't here with you. Well, you weren't with me on – That was Fridays, and true. then it became – But then wasn't, once the season was over and we started doing every day, right? For We did like three weeks of every day there once right. the season was over. I think that's where we started it. That's got to be it. we got to go back and check the Well, because I couldn't remember. Was it uh, Best of the West or oh. Three Question Thursday first? I thought it was okay, Best of the West. Best of the West first. Because I thought right. we started doing – we did Fridays, then it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Correct. And then from there it became every Correct. day. Okay, so – Three Question Thursday was our third. There yeah, you go. Uh, you aptly, aptly third yeah. for Three Question Thursday. You guys know the drill. Three questions for Arthur Motes that we like to kick around and debate. Is Dak Prescott a top ten quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That already took up 25 minutes of the show right. yesterday. Uh, two questions related to football outside of the Steelers box, though. Third one, usually something going on in the world for Arthur Motes. So let's get right into it. Three Question Thursday. Question number one, Arthur Motes. Eric Weddle with some interesting comments as his current team, the Rams, yes. gets, gets ready to play his old team, the Baltimore Ravens. When asked if he would share any inside secrets, right, about his former team, I, you, I'm sure you know the what these conversations details. are like, right? Anytime a player is going up against his former team, they're always asked about it. Oh, what can you learn? What can you teach your teammates? Da-da-da-da-da. What can you help? Can you help the coaches at all? Well, Eric Weddle said yesterday – he won't be sharing any secrets about his former team. He says, and I quote, I can tell them a lot of stuff, but that's just not who I am. So we're going to play it on the field, and the best team is going to win. <sighs> Arthur Motes, Eric Weddle's full of crap, right? I mean, he's going to tell his coaches and his teammates anything that he can to help win the game. He's not going to hold secrets about his old team close to his chest, is he? You would hope that he wants to win. Period. Yeah. Like, I don't understand where that fake loyalty comes from. And it's what? not even – I can see if he was talking about the Chargers where he spent the majority of his right, career. But we're talking right. about the Ravens. You there for how many years? Stop it. Three years? Yeah. Cut it out. You know if they ask you, you're going to tell them. But the thing is this. They're professionals. Those coaching staffs, those scouting departments. Yeah, there might be – right. They're like little things you might be able to tell them. But for the majority of the stuff, they're going to know. They're going to have an identity and an understanding of them. So I always laughed. Unless the only time I feel like it's different is when you take a guy who was on their roster this season. Like Minka Fitzpatrick <clears throat> Correct. this year. Like that type of situation helps where, hey, he spent a couple of weeks there. We have him now. All right, let's talk about it. We used to laugh about the, uh, the Patriots because historically every week that they're playing a big game or something, they're going to sign a guy from that other team's practice squad <laughs> who just happened to be sitting over there for a couple of weeks and they sit him in that dark room with a little light on him. All right, kid, tell me everything you know. <laughs> you say you want to be a Patriot? How bad? Yeah, I, 
especially, I mean, from the defensive side of the football, I guess there hasn't been a ton of change. Same defensive coordinator and Wink Martindale, right? A lot of the same personnel when Weddle was there. But that off, I mean, what could he tell the Rams about that offense? Anyway, right? I mean, the offense is completely different than when he was there. Yeah, without a doubt. And and the Ravens have they've revamped their secondary completely too. They yeah. went out and signed Earl Thomas. They brought in Marcus Peters. I just, nothing I, he's gonna really be able to I just say. Don't get the answer from Eric Weddle there. <laughs> like, why don't you say, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I'll do whatever I can to help my team win." Like, anything for the team, man. Anything for the cause. I mean, they are the team that just signed you to like a ten and a half million dollar contract. The Rams did, uh, not the Ravens, like you said. I mean, what's up with that fake loyalty here? But in the grand scheme of things, right, doesn't matter. You you've had that situation before when you were the Steelers and you played against the Bills. You know that, right? There's there's not like you had a ton of secrets that you could have yeah. that you that you know would have blown your coaching staff or teammates' minds at that point anyways. And it's like, Coach, don't waste my time, man. You know we're here to win a championship, baby, all right? <laughs> I'm not doing your job for you. You going to help me come out here and play? All right, then, man. Get on out here, man. Do what you do. All right, you, we do all right. you do your coaching. Do your job. Three-question Thursday, question number two. And this is a two-part question, all right? Ooh, I like this. I'm excited. First one for you. Uh, this is both of these uh, questions. This is – Three question Thursday, question number two. So 2A and 2B here, both related to the NCAA, Arthur Motes, all right? Your favorite organization. Yeah, first one, first one has to do with a, uh, a very well-known name and a very well-known situation. That, of course, is Tua Tagovaiola, mm. the quarterback of Alabama, who is out for the rest of the season after having hip surgery this week after sustaining an injury in uh, the, end of the very end of the second quarter against Mississippi State. Arthur Motes. What should Tua do? Should he go into the NFL draft where he probably won't be a top five pick again like he would have been, all things considered, if he were still healthy? I think he'll still be a first-round pick. Or should he come back to the NFL or back to Alabama, pardon me, to, to get healthy, to rehab, to try and be the first overall pick in 2021? What should Tua do? Go to the NFL? What? Go get the money? Are you serious? Because let's be real. He goes back to Alabama. Still get hurt again. Still get hurt again. Or who else is going to be coming out in a year? You got other quarterbacks coming out. Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely. So now you're having the debate of, oh, who, who do you take at one overall? Who do you take at two overall? And then not to mention, if Alabama happens to sign another five-star quarterback, we saw the situation with Tua Tagovailoa. Tala. You know that Tua guy, Zeratis. But, yeah, with Tua and Jalen Hurts, right? We saw that situation how that played Jaylen out. Jalen Hurts in the middle of the national championship. Exactly. Game. So why? Why are you risking that for nothing? Where hey, even if a person wanted to endorse you, you're gonna lose eligibility behind that. When you're not even right. gonna make not even a third of what you can make being a late first round. Even if you're a second round pick in the NFL, Tua, be smart. Go to the NFL. They gonna medical you. They are gonna take care of you. They are gonna make sure everything is nice and smooth for your little hip, and you be good to go. Because at the end of the day, that first round money is fully guaranteed. Mm. Let me say that again. Fully guaranteed. Mm. So you better go ahead and put your name in the hat right now. Hey, Saban, I appreciate you drink that Coca-Cola, baby. Hey, it's been real, Crimson Tide. I got y'all a ring. I lost y'all a ring. I'm a holler. That's how I feel about it. NCAA, boy, stop. I think. Who loves the NCAA? Nobody. 
I don't think people who work for the NCAA even love the NCAA. But you get a free education. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you get all that gear. Don't forget about all the gear oh, you get. Oh, yeah, you get free education. Sweatpants. All the gear. Oh, man, but that education is worth like $300,000. Whoa, wait. You know what's funny is I <sighs> every time somebody uses that excuse to defend the NCAA, yeah. the value of the education always goes up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 10 years ago, it was, oh, it's $200,000. Oh, no, it's, now it's, it's, it's half a million dollars. Half a dollars. million dollars for education. What? 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 What, what school is what? What school are you? Please tell me. Are you going to Harvard and uh, living, uh, uh, living in the nicest apartment in Boston? Well, well, double majoring at Harvard? Is that what's going on? Five, half a million dollars? What? <laughs> Stop it. <sighs> and I think, too, with Tua, yes, uh, the difference between going, let's say, 15th to 20th in the first round and going first overall is a few million. Like, there's, there's, no, no, no. There's it's, some, it's a lot of millions it is. difference. It's a let's lot be of real. If you difference. go at 20 overall, you're looking at, what, 15? Mm-hmm. 15 million? Mm-hmm. If you go number or top five overall, you're looking at anywhere between what thirty? Thirty. It's a lot. But I think you could probably attest to this too, where you really make your money as an NFL player is on your second and third contract. Without a doubt. And if you're Tua, and you come in and you're gonna get fifteen, being a mid round, first round pick or whatever, you know, okay, the situation helps you out in a couple of reasons why. When you come in, they already know you're hurt, so you don't have the pressure of trying to play year it's one. true. Versus if you go back to Alabama, you're going to have the pressure of saying, I have to get healthy. I have to come back and prove myself right now so that way I can get my draft status to go higher. You don't have that pressure. Secondly, the later you go in the draft, what does that mean about the team you're going to? That's what I was getting to next. They are a lot better. So that benefits you as well. Look at Lamar Jackson. Yes, indeed. Look at Deshaun Watson. It helps drastically. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Without a doubt. So those two things benefit you drastically, and let's be real. Even though you're not going to get the 30 and you only get 15 or, say, at worst, $10 million, what would you be getting if you were at Alabama right now? Hmm? Hmm? Free education. Hey, and that meal plan. You got, you got the meal oh, plan. You got you, those and, three punches. And, again, the sweatpants. The oh, and, 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 and the books. Oh, you get free books. Oh, that's what it is. So... But does it really matter for Tua when he's going to have to, with that hip, walk across campus to class oh, that's, hey, with all those free well, books because, on his back? Because you can't get a ride from you know, a coach. Like, that's a, that's a, a, a benefit that's not allowed to every player. So that's an NCAA violation, and that'll get you suspended and make you have to miss games. Or they might just tell you you got to donate money to charity. That's, that's another thing they might do. So you never know. Oh, it's funny you say that because the 2B part of this question oh, oh, do tell. is about Memphis's James Wiseman. Interesting. That, for those of you unfamiliar, because maybe this isn't as familiar of a name as Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, he, he, he should be. You, you should know this name. James Wiseman, uh, widely regarded as number one prospect in the NBA. If not number one, yeah. one of the, you know, kind of not to Zion Williamson's level. Right, but right. But the he's next like guy along that John line. John Morant and, uh, and, and right. um, Barrett, R.J. Right. Barrett, like right. that type of caliber. Yes. yes. Like, like a guy who was expected to be a top three pick in the NBA, Correct. upcoming NBA draft. He going to Memphis. He's been suspended by 12 games for the NCAA, but that's not the real kicker. I mean, hey, the NCAA suspends guys a lot of times. Yeah. And, and, and just look up the story, and you'll see why he got suspended. Not everybody agrees with it, but, hey, whatever whatever the NCAA says, cool. They want to suspend him for this reason. All right, cool. And, we've listen, like I said, we've seen the NCAA suspend guys. Uh, they just did it to Chase Young of Ohio State, yes. the very good pass rusher. Uh, A.J. Green. Yeah. To bring the Bengals in the hey, conversation. Hey, don't, 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 you, don't you give away your, your jersey. He was, he was suspended for decisions that he made with one of his game jerseys. <laughs> Crazy. But not just a suspension for what did they James do? What, Wiseman. What did they do? They slapped him with an $11,500 uh, $11, fine. 
in theory, yes. That he's got he's got to make an eleven thousand five hundred dollar donation to charity. Uh, uh, a charity of his choice, though. Charity of his choice. Because they're doing well, you that's know what right, I mean? That's right. That's right. So Arthur Motes, James Wiseman, <laughs> is going to have to pay money to remain an amateur athlete and play in the NCAA. Have you ever heard anything as asinine as no, the no, no, NCAA no. fining a player? Before we even get to that, how is he going to come with eleven thousand five hundred dollars when? The reason he's suspended is because he didn't have enough money to move to Memphis. So what did he do? He asked his AAU coach at the time, who was Penny, Penny Hardaway, Hardaway, to help his family out, which he did, which any coach would do. And then Penny becomes the coach at Memphis. They say, oh, well, at the time, Penny was considered a booster because he had donated a, to the school. Yeah, because he's a Memphis grad. And he's well, a Memphis he played, grad. played basketball at Memphis, yes. Memphis alum. But now you're going to ask this kid who couldn't have enough money to move to Memphis to now – Donate eleven thousand five hundred, and and when he makes that donation, what do you think is going to happen there? Do you think they're going to look into that? What do you think is going to happen from? there? That's. Uh, I, I just don't know how the NCAA <laughs> has the authority to fine a player who oh, is supposed man. to be an amateur athlete. I mean, it would be like legitimately if 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 the Whippeal right tried to fine one of the football players yeah. from Central Catholic. Right. Like these are amateur athletes. How are you finding them money? Oh boy. Don't you just love the NCAA? I love it. Gosh. I love it. Hey, but he got a free education. At least he's getting all those sweatpants. Gosh. <laughs> I just, it, it, Unreal. Listen, like I said, guys. Unreal. The, the NCAA suspends guys all the time. And you can agree with it. You can disagree with it. Fine. Whatever. To find a guy over $11,000, a college kid. Says, I know what? regular people that work 9 to 5, they can't pay $11,500 right now. Uh, <laughs> You're going to find a college athlete who doesn't even know. have a job? Arthur Motes, I know, what? I know, I know, I know guys. I know guys who work in radio that might be sitting right across from you right now that Jeez. couldn't pay an eleven thousand five hundred dollars. Eleven thousand five hundred dollars. What? Like, <laughs> Donated the charity of your choice. What? Oh, but it could be the charity of his choice. That, that's the kicker. That's the caveat. You know, though, according to the NCAA, the and this is their oh, this is their boy. wording here. The payment may be spread throughout the duration of a student-athlete's eligibility, but must be completed prior to the student-athlete's last regular season date of competition or contest. Oh, well, that's good. I mean, they're going to let him pay it off however he wants and in, <laughs> in his own time frame. Like, like, just describe how, how, how. He's a one and done. How? Where is he getting $11,500 legally? Well, that's the kicker, right? Without I mean, a booster. It's going to be some booster who's going to write the check for him. Or, right, or he's going to take one of his jerseys and sign it and sell it to somebody for a living. not to do that. Right. So you're just going to get suspended again, right? It's like the NCAA setting him up to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Shocker coming from the NCAA. Gosh. All right, last one for you here. Three wow. question Thursday. Question number NCAA. three. NCAA. It is crazy. I mean, it really is. Crooks. <laughs> bunch, of, bunch of crooks. Ugh. How do you feel about the NCAA? Let us know on Twitter, at West Healer, at The Body 52. The Body. Three question Thursday. Hey, that free education. Don't forget to put that in there. Listen, you, they keep, get a free education. you keep short selling the sweatpants and the hoodies. And, and the, the food. And the shorts. You get a meal plan. And the shower shoes. Have you ever had the meal plan? It is awesome. It is awesome. Unless you can't make it to meal plan hours, then it's not awesome yeah, because, because you're sitting there with punches that don't work. <laughs> You can't use punches at Walmart. <laughs> or because maybe you can't make it to the meal plan because that's the same time your team has practice. Hey, strong possibility. That is the case. Or maybe you can't make it to the meal plan because you just had hip surgery and you can't crutch yourself across campus. Hey, and you are not allowed to have a chauffeur unless he is a teammate. That's right. Or a girlfriend. That's right. Or a regular friend. 
a coach cannot do it. But that's a, it's an unfair benefit for that individual. But at least two has got the nice sweatpants and the hoodie to wear while <laughs> while he's going through that hip surgery. <laughs> Golly. Three question Thursday. Question number three. Arthur Motes today. Guess what day it is? Is it? Is it? Is it? World. I don't know. It's World Television Day. Oh, all right. So I got a two part question for you here as okay, well. Okay, here we go. What is your favorite TV show of all time? What is your favorite TV show that is currently airing right now? All right, favorite TV show of all time, Looney Tunes. Yeah, I'm a Looney Tunes guy, man. Loved it. Brings back my childhood, but it's something that I could watch. It doesn't matter at what age group. I'm talking Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, you know, all them guys. Elmer Fudd. Back when cartoons were real porky pig. That's all, folks. Like, love that. Without a doubt, definitely favorite show, man, all the time. Oh, man, and the OG Batman cartoons as well. You have Gross. a big OG Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah. Turtles guy. Oh, yeah. Like, all those type of – those were my childhood, so they touched me a different way, man. Um, I guess current show that I love to watch now – don't y'all judge me, okay? This is a show that's called Homicide for the Holidays. Ooh. Yeah, man, we watch it all the time. It just depicts – it actually is based on live homicides that have transpired during the holiday season, whether Thanksgiving or Christmas. Oh, nice. Arizona Oxygen. Okay. And, yeah, they just talk about – So it's like a holiday season SVU. No, because, like, SVU and Law and Order is, like, theatrical. It's like, this is, like, legit. We're going to go and interview the people that were either shot at or at the crime scene. They're going to take you and show you live photos of it. Um, The the parents of a person that might have got murdered, they're going to interview them. They're talking about it, take you through the whole story. It gets very rough, man. You're talking about people who are like, yeah, my daughter died in my arms. As this man walked in and shot us on Christmas Day, oh. and he happened to be my cousin who was dating my nephew. Like, that type of vibe. Oh. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's gut-riching. We watch it all the time, and we love it. That's why I said, don't judge me. I like Snapped. I watch Snapped all the time. Killer couples. Like I And, and like I said, SVU is cool, but it's cinematic. It's right. cinematic. Right. It's, 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 it's fictional. It's, it might be loosely based right. on something that actually but it's, happened. It's but not, it's not going to have that type of. This is like real life. You're real talking to actual the, inve- the, the real yeah. investigators. You can see the courtroom, Ooh. however they plays out, the actual crime scene where anybody had got murdered at. And then sometimes Ooh. they actually have the person that committed the murders up there. And they'll be having a conversation. Obviously, they'll be in their uh, their Jump prison suit. attire. Yeah. yeah, but those are the type of things I like to watch, man. So that's what I'm, ver- I'm currently on right now. That's I like why I said it. don't you judge me. I like it. Hey, I'm not judging. Hey, man, we all got a little stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't out there committing stuff. I'm just trying to get educated. That's all. My, I guess, my favorite TV show of all time is still airing. It's on, like, mm. season 26 now. South Park is my favorite. Oh, uh, but they killed Kenny. But they killed Kenny. They killed Kenny. <laughs> I love South Park. Golly. Screw you, Motes. I'm going ham. South Park uh, is South epic, Park is my bro. favorite TV show of all time. It's still airing now. The new season is actually going on right now. Carpet. So- but if, if I'm going South Park is my favorite show of all time. My, pizza, french fries. My, pizza, french fries. <laughs> pizza, okay, funny story. My wife actually did that. Like if oh, she's, man. If, if Morgan's listening right now, she's having PTSD. Yeah. Uh, because it would have been our sophomore year in college. And she was still is good skier. Uh-huh. Uh, but she broke her fibia skiing. Uh, and, of course, everybody for a year or two made the joke to her. Oh, well, you have french fried when you should have pizza. Yeah, you got a pizza and french fried. Pizza. French fry. <laughs> Pizza. French fry. Oh, man. Uh, favorite show right now. 
Man, I'm really hooked on this show on Amazon Prime Video okay. called The Man in the High Castle. Ooh. And what it is about, Arthur Motes, is it is a story that depicts the United States of America uh-huh. as if we lost World War II to the oh. Axis powers. So Japan runs the West Coast yeah. of the United States. Germany runs the East Coast of the United wow. States. And it's like we lost World War II to the Axis powers. That would be different. Whoa. It is different. It is intriguing. Whoa. It is very, like bin- very bingeable because all the seasons are on Amazon. The yes. last season just came out. Shout out to the Fire Sticks. Wifey, wifey and I just started it a couple weeks ago. Man in the High Castle. I it's might a, have to it's, get into that, It's a man. look at if the United States wow. lost World War Two. That's scary. If the Allies lost World War right, II to the that's, Axis that's powers, scary, dude. Japan runs the, the western half of the United States, oh, and, man. and Germany runs the eastern seaboard of the United States. I don't know how I feel about that. It's pretty crazy. It's. I don't even want to imagine that right now. Like, it's wow. pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. And I don't know, too. i got to give a quick shout, too. You guys got Disney Plus? I don't. Okay. The Mandalorian. The new Star yeah, Wars Yeah, I keep show hearing about Disney it, man. Plus. I keep hearing about the Mandalorian. <laughs> Darth Cisco chimes in here. He says, I work full time. I've got a six figure salary and I don't have 11K to give away. <laughs> don't, don't forget the 500 to go along with that right, 11K. Yeah, don't don't yeah, short yeah. that 500. NCAA needs it all, come man. Come back at you. And uh, he also has his current favorite TV show is Thursday Night Football. Ooh, okay, okay. Hey, there we go. Man, we go. I like Power. That's another one. Even though I got to wait till January for the rest of that to come out. I like Westworld. Mm, okay, HBO yeah, yeah. Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, This Is Us. Yeah. This Is Us Even is though good. it makes me cry way too much. Jeez, let me think. Another one of my all-time favorite shows was The Wire. Great, Love that. Great show. Obviously, Love Game that. of Thrones and Breaking Bad. Yeah, Breaking Bad is, oh. My number two favorite show of all time, Breaking though, behind Bad's South Park. Tough. Because the ones we just mentioned would be three, four, five. Like Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, and The Wire. I'd yeah. have to think about the order. Yeah. They'd be three, four, five all time for me. Number one, South Park. Number two, Entourage. Mm, see, okay, Entourage yeah. is good, but I wasn't big in the Entourage. What would have been number two for me? I was a big in Living Color guy. Ooh. I loved in Living Color. Yeah. And when you go back now and you look at the amount of guys and ladies who were up there getting their starts. It's great. Just I love raw TV. I love comedy. TV shows like that. And then you see them now all like big-time, multi-millionaire just. You get the same thing when you watch The Office, Yes, right? yes, like... yes. Like these, this is where they all started it's at. It's great. Like I love that, man. I do love those kind of TV shows too. On Twitter, at Wes Euler, at The Body 52. The Body. We will wrap up the show with your questions as we always do when we return. We got a whole bunch of good ones here. Whole lot, a whole on lot. On Twitter, but you still got a couple more minutes to get Get him in again at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. Mm-hmm. You are inside the electric factory listening to Euler Remotes. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR. Wrapping up the show on a Thursday, it's Euler Remotes inside the Electric Factory as we look ahead to the Bengals. Wrapping up the show with some of your questions like we always like to do on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. And I just wanted to read this one. This isn't really a question, more of a statement, but our buddy David, Mr. Photoshop Friday, Mr. Photoshop Extraordinaire himself, he said just wanted to drop a line and say even though it's been a crazy Crazy, and I think he means separate words here, not crazy disappointing, a crazy 
disappointing season so far in the grand scheme of things. Having you and Motsi on the air helping us through it has been great. Much love from Steeler Nation, hashtag Power Grid. Hey, thanks, David. Man, we appreciate, appreciate you, man. That's Absolutely. what we're trying to do, you know. There's, I, I was told this one time, Motsi, that the first internship I ever had was with the WVU Athletic Department, right? And a guy named Chris Austin was my boss. And he said to me one time, you know, I'm stressing out. I don't even remember what it was. It was like I was working a men's basketball game, you know what I mean? And I'm like an 18-year-old pimply freshman, and You're I'm right. trying to get, like, cameras or something set up for the game. And, and I'm freaking out because something's going wrong, and I don't – you know, it's, I just started this new internship, and I don't want to mess up. And my boss, like, made a joke. He was trying to talk me through it, and he, like, made a joke about it. And I said to him, I said, you know, like, thanks for making me laugh there. You know, like, it, it was good. It calmed me down. It was – you know, you could have right. been, been hammering me, but instead you were – you were very nice to me and, and understood that I was still learning. I appreciate that. And I'll never forget this. He looked at me and he goes, hey, there's always time for humor, regardless of the situation. And I, I've held that hey close man, to my gotta, chest. Hey, I, I live by that code as well, man. Got to have a good time, find a way to smile in the, ma in the midst of it all. There's always time for humor. There's always time to smile, even in the middle of, you know, what has been to a, to a, a lot in a lot of different ways a bit of a disappointing season, or certainly not the season that we expected the Steelers to have when we were all out at training camp and, you know, everyone was still healthy and, and X, Y, and Z. Gregory, I got to give a shout-out to Gregory. Yes, here. big shout-out to Gregory. Gregory tweeted uh, tweeted me last night. He didn't just tweet you. Well, he tweeted you, too. That's say, right. Come yeah, on, man. No, I don't want to give you too much credit. He, yeah. uh, he tweeted a uh, huge fan of, of Wes and Motsi. Uh, I'm here in Pacific Coast time, not able to listen in. Uh, until evening time, he listens to the podcast. He says on the podcast mm -hmm. app again, Steelers Blitz. It's been a, been a, been a little while since it I has plugged, been since I plugged the podcast. We do have a podcast, Steelers Blitz. That's Blitz with a Z, like Zlatan or like Zoltan. Zoltan. The, the guy who's just say, you know, I'm leaving Hollywood. Go back to watching baseball. Go back to watch baseball. Steelers Blitz with a Z. You could find our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Gregory, we appreciate it. Um, and he tweeted me last night, tweeted us last night, and said, can I ask a question ahead of time for tomorrow's show? Uh, again, thank you for what you two do. And I replied and said, absolutely. Just let us know your question, and we will make sure to answer it. I'm a man of my word. So here is Gregory's question. Uh, the Steelers, how do the Steelers go about finding their offensive identity, or they should go about finding their offensive identity by doing what and through whose leadership? He says, in my opinion, Go find that identity through Pouncey. I think if you're looking on the offense, you would hope that the offensive line, at least it looks as things are now with all the other injuries, right? Like you wanted the offensive line to be the identity of this team. Yes. Uh, to continue to be one of the best units in the National Football League. Like and they, they set have been, the tone from a physicality standpoint, set the man. tone from a physicality standpoint. I would say that's the Steelers' best, you know, at this point now – 10 week, 11 weeks into the season, yeah. still with the offensive line, but they have they have left some to be desired in that department as well, too. Yeah, I definitely agree with you right there, 100%, man. I think it definitely falls on those guys in terms of going forward, man, with the identity. And I feel like they still have the most depth amongst all the other positions on that offense, man, whether it's quarterback, running back, wide receivers, the offensive line. That's what you that's what you have to ride with right now. That's what you have to hang your hat. You have to understand that from a pass protection standpoint, they they have been above the line. But from a run blocking standpoint, they definitely have one that has left us all wanting more. So that's yeah. It has to be there though, man. Chris asks he's asking you here. Oh. Because I mean I never played in the NFL, so I'm assuming he's asking you. I might have played a few times. How does a player get notified of a fine from the NFL? Do they get a letter in the mail? Does it does it come from the front office? How do you get notified when you have been fined? 
from the NFL, we have what you call FedEx. FedEx Tuesdays, FedEx Wednesdays, baby. Coming here to work. Monday is a pump fake. Monday is nothing in your life. Hey, oh, man, yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Tuesday, oh, don't worry about it. Wednesday morning, oh, I'm still good. You come out of meetings on Wednesday morning, da-da-da-da, FedEx. Mm. Sitting right there on your, on your desk or your little locker on your stool with your name addressed, and it has an address up there that you might not have seen before, something in Park Park Drive, New York, New York. You're oh, like, ooh. From the, from the big, from it's the like, big oh, where, where is this New York, New York? Where is this place? I've heard of that place. And then you open up and you're like, oh, I hate New York. What did you do? The what place, did you do to me? place so nice they named it twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Park drive, baby. You don't, mm, 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 mm. Yep, that's how they notify you, though. And then from there, after you open up the FedEx, your agent is notified and your team is notified as well because obviously they're not going to allow you to cut a check to pay because not everybody would want to do so. So they have to notify the uh, the team to let them know when your next check comes to take away X amount of dollars from that check. To withhold yes. some of your earnings. Yes. Brian asks. It's a, it's, a, it's a very bad feeling. I'll tell you from personal experience. I hate it. Yeah, hurts I my heart. Hurts my heart. I mean, I was like, you know, fined for like parking violations when I was in college, but that was like $15. Yeah, <laughs> ask some zeros, baby. And that's and that's where we're, that's starting point. That's the starting right. point fine. Not, not right. when we really get into this thing. Brian asks, what do you think of people calling for Mason to be benched in favor of Devlin? Sorry if you touched on this. Uh, I joined in late. Steelers fans are never happy. Let the kid develop. It's been like seven weeks. Yeah, you and I, we've gotten some questions about this. It's funny, Brian says this, because I actually saw, you know, when I was researching for the show this morning, I actually saw some articles out there again where people are saying, why not give Devlin Hodges a chance? I mean, come on, people. Do we, do we, uh, Brian, I think it's ridiculous to answer your question. For me, I look at it this way. If you have any hope, in terms of this coaching staff, if you feel that Mason's going to be on your team yes. for the foreseeable future. Even as a backup. Even as a backup. You cannot pull him out right now. Because if you do so, going forward, he will never have the confidence that will be needed for him to ever come in and play effective. Great point. Because he's always going to have that in the back of his mind that, hey, they pulled me when things got tough. When I had a bad performance, they pulled me out. And this is the other situation. If you pull him out right now, you put Duck in, Duck goes in there and looks bad, and then you go switch back to Mason, how do you think Mason's going to respond to that? Not, not talking about a, oh, I'm upset, but – just from a confidence standpoint, from a mentality standpoint, yeah. how does the offense look at him? You cannot do that. And it's different if you don't have the expectations around Mason, if they didn't draft him in the third round but said he had a first-round grade, if they didn't feel that he's a quarterback that they feel they're going to stay with in the, the, the next years to come. If that's not the case, well, then, yeah, they would have been made a switch. But they feel that this is their guy. This is the guy they draft. They feel that they can develop. They want him to be the guy. So you cannot make that type of move right now. Last one here from the lit one, Rebecca. Lit, lit, lit. She said, uh, you guys mentioned when you started doing Three Question Thursday, how long have you two been doing the show? Was it Not even a year yet. I thought it was early we November start, oh, I'm last saying, year. Right? So no, it would have been December. Would it have been December? Yeah, because I came back from Arizona around uh, the second week of October. Okay. And I started doing just like little – I mean, you would know, like you would know better than yeah. me. But it was it was October – I mean, not, excuse me, it was like first week of December time frame. Okay. I remember yeah. it was a Ravens week when mm-hmm. we started doing the show. Yeah, it was early, man. And we were just one once a week. Once a week, Fridays, right? Yes. And and I only had an hour then. The right, Steelers, right. The it Steelers was just, Blitz was only an hour yeah. long then. So this is different, man. But this when I say like our first year, this is our first like – 
full year yes. of okay reset programming right both of us together going forward right like, it, is, yeah. it is weird to think that like it's been about a year if you right. look at it calendar wise but right. at the same time like we were so we were like one day a week then and then just a couple days a week then we've had breaks in there between yeah. so think like, about it, it man, doesn't we, even feel like a year yeah, we we did one day a week for the last couple of weeks of the season. It was like maybe the last four or five weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Then from there, we did up until the Super Bowl, one week after the Super Bowl, then we were off until OTAs. OTAs, we did that, then we're off until the regular season started. Right. There's a lot of gaps in there. Yeah, man. I, I've, I've always been told that with radio shows, with TV shows, with any kind of talk show, whether it be radio or television, sports or news, that when new people come together, you should always give them about a year to find their voice. Hmm. Yeah, I don't have a voice yet. I think we've done a pretty good job. I mean, we're getting there. You're carrying me. You know I'm dead weight. You can't. You can't. Teach, <laughs> you can't. You can't teach this type of chemistry, yeah, you're baby. Right, man. We're uh, like Heisenberg <laughs> over here, man, breaking bad on with this chemistry. Joseph, he's a he's a member of the Power Grid. He's one of the megawatts. Oh he, yeah. He works for FedEx. He just tweeted us a picture of some FedEx. Oh man, said, come which, on. Which one of these? That's gonna be PTSD. There. I know, man. Don't don't do that. Actually, let me look at it right now, man. I can tell you, hey, it's a bad bad feeling though. Yes, that's the one. That's yeah. It's the it's the the flat one, the envelope, not the medium box. That's the one. Yep, and, and it has a nice little address up there, and it hurts your heart. You're just like, yo, why? Why would you do that to me? Like I was enjoying my week, I'm making plans, I'm thinking I got this nice check coming. FedEx, and, and everybody knows too. We all like just take turns looking around the locker, like, who got the FedEx? Who got the FedEx? Hey, you got the FedEx. You got the FedEx. Your check so light this week. Was it? Was it a lot like uh, when you know when you were growing up in school? You get caught to the principal's office, oh, yeah. and everyone would go, "Ooh, absolutely, ooh." ooh. 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 You got you something? Got was it Park FedEx. Drive? Uh, Park Drive sent you something. You got ooh. the FedEx. Ooh. You going down? Ooh. You ain't going win your appeal. Ill. <laughs> Every situation, there's always time for humor, right? Always, man. We just <laughs> laugh at it, cloud, especially when it's a young guy. And the young guys are panicking. Like, oh, you playing for free this week. Congratulations. Congratulations. You really love football you this really week. You football. really love it. The NCAA loves you, too. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do it for today's show. Thanks to everybody who tweeted. We love you guys. The Power Grid, the Megawatts. We appreciate it, as always. A big thanks to our buddy Brian Backo from the Post-Gazette for joining us as well. And to our guy Jacob back at Studio HQ for producing Tomorrow on the show, you already know Five Star Friday. Woo! Gotta get the paper. We'll Catch show you the, the money. The paper. And it'll be our Cincinnati Bengals edition of the Here We Go song. Here we go. A fun show planned for you tomorrow. So we'll talk to you in same time, same place. As always, high noon on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.